0: Good morning, good morning. It is 6.15 a.m., and this is the Early Birds Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Haddad, and I have a special guest, a very good friend of mine, Matt Talbot here from the Talbot team. Matt, thank you so much for coming on board, especially this early in the morning, sir. Good morning. Yes, sir. Well, listen, um, it is 6.15, and part of this whole podcast, the whole concept, the whole reason behind it is about just getting people more motivated, excited to wake up early, to start their day. I always talk to this to to people. I always tell them, listen, when I'm in the office by 5 a.m., I've already beat you four hours, right? By the time you get in, it's 9 a.m. You've lost four hours to me on that day. And so there's a lot of reasoning for waking up early. And I just kind of want to talk to you about how have you gotten yourself to that way? How have you been able to build your business with that concept? And how have you basically self-taught yourself? So I'll start with your journey and how you got to where you're at
1: today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for for having me out. Um, What you just mentioned to me is in essence the compound effect, right? So four hours one day doesn't mean much. Four hours day in and day out means a lot, you know, uh, um, repeated over years at a time. And so um, for me, my journey has been um, fun. And I think it comes from a place of personal growth, um, meaning continuing to grow in your own journey and get a little bit better every day i know it sounds like so cliche but i believe in that shit the most if you can solely chip away at it um and just talking about mornings in specific um for me it's about creating habits that work for you and um on my journey that I think the biggest habit that I could say regarding the mornings is coming up with a routine, getting up, making a cup of coffee. And the first thing I do is I sit down and I, and I jump into a book. Okay. I think reading is, is hugely beneficial for me. Um, if you would have caught me years back or as a kid, I, I would have fought you tooth and nail on it. I hated it. I absolutely despised it. I did not want to do it. Um, but I really got into it, um, in the past few years. And I literally do not feel complete without starting my day with a cup of coffee and jumping into a book so I can get Get that knowledge done. Because if I don't get into it in the morning, I'll never get into
0: well, it. Well, you know, you you said one of the things that you, you mentioned was a, as a kid, you would have fought me tooth and nail on it. So how do you change that mindset? Because you have a lot of people out there in the world that they don't get to that place. And I think the reason why is if you don't find success from a new routine or something that you're trying to change in your life, it's really easy to revert back to your old way. So how did you create those consistent habits, waking up the fresh pot of coffee, making sure you're reading in the morning, you're, you're sending me excerpts a lot, uh, you know, all the time in the morning, which I always appreciate. I always tell you, and it's funny. You usually send them when I need it the most. And we talk through that, but how do you get your mindset into that effect when you never had that before?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I've been reading a lot about psychology and how people make changes in habits and how people change themselves. And the best way that I can describe it is the first thing you do is you need to come up with a plan, okay? I don't think anyone, very few people, maybe Tiger Woods knew he was going to be a professional golfer before he got to that point, but a lot of people in their careers don't really know where they're going to necessarily end up, okay? And so I think somewhere between your 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever, hopefully you figure it out eventually, I think some people just decide this is what I'm going to be and this is what I want to do with that, okay? So the first step is defining a plan, okay? Then from there, the way the psychology reads is creating a habit, right? So The best way I can describe it is really system A and system B is kind of how medical professionals tie uh, tie into it. And the elephant and the rider, which is a story I think we've talked about. This is a big one for me I've been talking heavily on. The elephant and the rider is your subconscious brain is the elephant, okay? And your elephant is going wherever it wants to go. Your rider is just a little human sitting on top, and it's just kind of along for the ride, okay? So occasionally when you create that plan, like I just talked about you can decide that the rider's really going to tug and pull and tug and pull and pull that elephant onto the right path. Okay. Is it easy? No. Does it take discipline? Yes. Does it mean getting up in the morning and showing up at a podcast because you're invited to and you respect the people who invited you to? Of course, I'll be here without a doubt. So really making those decisions to pull that elephant as hard as you can into the right direction, that's creating the new habit. Once the habit is created, the elephant's going in the right direction. It makes it easy. Okay. The habits created the elephant the subconscious mind, you know, is moving in the right direction when you talk about system A and system B. And so it's moving in the right direction and it makes it easy. Okay. I'm not saying you're not going to have to tug and pull a different day. I'm not saying you're going to have to really, you know, on a, on a different day, the rider's going to have to really challenge that elephant to go in a different direction. But at least for that habit at that time, you created a subconscious habit that moves you in that direction.
0: You know, I, I, I'm laughing for a few reasons of that story. So number one, um, I just want to say thank you to our, our camera, ops and our sound guy rami who's behind the scenes right now the the lights here are automatic and i keep seeing him wave his hands to make sure so it's kind of funny but number two to your story the reason i'm smiling uh rami myself my my girl we were just in india not too long ago and one of the things the special things we got to do was literally ride an elephant and to your point uh part of it was that respect and discipline and the guy that was riding it for us you know all the way up this this long hill to the top uh, tugging and pulling, but he had a lot of respect for this elephant. And you could tell, he, even the way he spoke about the elephant, he was so excited to speak about it. But that's that effort. That's that discipline. That's subconsciously, he has that relationship now with that elephant, right? That tugging and pulling. And now it's not so much a tug and pull for him every day. Now it's those consistent habits that you've been constantly building over time. And so it, it leads me into just, I think one of the biggest beliefs for me about leadership, um, it's your moral compass, right? It's it's really what you stand for as as a human being and what Basically, you're in the sand and what you want people around you to to act like, to be like. You're a direct reflection of the people around you. We we talk about that all the time. And I think one of the unique things for those that obviously don't know you, you're building a team from the ground up and you've set these ground rules. You've set these just moral compass, these, these lines of this is who we are, this is our mantra and I want you to be in line with this. So how do you encompass that and how do you try to scale the business you're trying to scale while... Not always stepping on toes, right? Because you're going to step on toes a lot of times along the ways, especially when it's your moral compass. It's the Talbot team. It's your brand. It's who you are. So how do you make that moral compass and how do you scale it?
1: Yeah, so our our mission is to redefine the way that you live and our vision is to be the most trusted, giving and innovative real estate team in Michigan. We have six core values that align with that and um, those core values are near and dear to my heart. Um, But being the Talbot team, I do think it's a group effort that we came up with those as a group, okay? And we continue to focus on those as a group, okay? And those are the lines in the sand that we have created and, and that keeps us within our moral compass. I think in any industry... It's easy to put your, uh, your needs first. I think in, in the real estate industry specifically, it's a very, very sacred thing. OK, when you help someone purchase their first home, when you help someone because there was a death in the family, a marriage, they just had their fifth baby, whatever it may be, it is a very, very sacred thing. You're giving them shelter. You're changing their lives. They're going to raise their family in this home, whatever it may be. And so finding people that think about it that way is critically important to my why. OK, and so if it is my team and and, you know, the Talbot team, that the names on the brand what's more important for me is going back to creating that plan is I don't care necessarily. Of course, you want to grow and get bigger, but I don't want to grow just to grow. I want to grow with the right people for the right reasons, which ties in with my why or else there's no point in doing it. There's no point in getting up in the morning. There's no point in learning the leadership books. If you're, if you're putting in leadership to people you don't care about and people that don't care about other people. And so for me, it's really creating a game in which you can show up to work and play every day the one i've been kind of hot on uh, lately is talking about when you show up in these types of environments when you tr- show up in a work environment it's in essence, a dojo. It's a, it's a place to practice your craft. Okay. I grew up in martial arts and, and and to me, it's the ability to do so. So the reason why, I don't know if I answer your question directly, but the reason why I have these boundaries and that why we've created these is we need rules within to play our game. Um, and if you create those rules, it can be fun because we know as long as we stay within those rules, no matter what, no one will have leverage on us. No matter what, we're doing everything we possibly can to help people. And so are we perfect? No not by any means, but I know that we can all sleep at night. I know that we're doing what's in the client's best interest and we're also you know, growing in the right way. And so that's that's hugely important for me.
0: So how, how do you, and I guess it all ties together too, you talked about building these habits, right? You talked about the plan, the big picture, which has gotten to you to where you're at. We talked about the core values within your team. So I'm a new real estate agent and I'm, I'm going around and I'm doing my interviews and I interview with the Talbot team, okay? I sit down, I get all excited. I'm sitting with Matt Talbot, learning about the business, seeing his success, getting all excited about it. Where would you start somebody like myself that's, that's so brand new to the industry? I don't have those habits built yet that you've built,
1: the waking up early, the having a play, having a routine. Where do you start? For me, this ties in with several pieces. Um, to me, the team environment is critically important, I think um, for new agents and I think will be you'll see most a- I think there's almost going to be the death of the individual agent. I really believe this. Yeah. okay In today's world, there's too many hats to wear. You can't run a podcast, ju- jump on Instagram, do 12 social media platforms, do your paperwork, show homes, uh, do your open house, you know, negotiate contracts. you can't do it all. And so as a leader, asking people to join our team on this crazy journey we're on, there's an importance and an emphasis on creating structure and creating a system that works. So in our mission, redefine the way that you live, we're actually not looking to recruit current agents. I don't don't recruit current agents. I want to find people that are on their journey that decide that they're at a place in their life where they want to change, they want to make a difference in their community. OK, we have an environment and a path to do that. We have a structure. You come on to our team. We have a 12 week onboarding process. We have a thick 30, 60, 90, 180 day reviews. We have surveys for our teams.
0: Talk, talk me talk me through that a little bit. You know, and I, I think that's, that's what people are missing. And, and that's what I think you mean with the planning. You know, when you say planning, right? it's very generalized. Everybody thinks they put a plan together. But you just <laughs> said the 30, 60, 90, 120, 180 day reviews. What are you walking through in those reviews, right? What's that 30 day look like versus that last one that they're doing? <laughs> tell me about the first one, tell me about the last one. Excuse our lights.
1: No, no, you're good. So what's uh um what's interesting about 30 60 90 again when you're putting these plans together, you need to you need to evolve them and and it's so simple but The first week, like the first part of our spreadsheet when you're doing your onboarding is the first week. It's as simple as download Google Chrome if you don't have it. Because the programs and softwares that we use work the best with Chrome rather than Safari or another platform, right? And so it's as simple as here's your login, here's your password, here's an email signature to advance presentations and buyer's consultations. Um, showing homes, attending inspections, filling out reports on what happened in the inspection. So, you know, day one compared to day 90, it is unbelievable what we've packed into these 90 days to help onboard people. I'm very proud of it. And I know with 100% certainty, if we find the person that's on the journey that wants to put in the hours and real work to change their life, if you follow our program, I know with 1000% certainty, you'll have success in this business. business you will sell two three five plus houses a month moving forward if you follow the process and do the work but that's like saying i'm a great gym coach and you know show up to the gym i'll show you how to get a six pack six pack abs right Like the reason why getting six packs abs everyone wants them is because it's hard to do you got to eat clean you got to do the push-ups. You got to do the sit-ups. You got to do your cardio. I can show you the process. And so it's a matter of finding people that want to be on that journey. And that's something that you have to decide in your own head and create your own why. I don't care if it's made up. But it needs to be true to your own heart and your own brain for you to – and you actually, have, you have to actually want it. You have to actually commit to it. You have to – for your own personal journey. And if you do that, you can come on our team and we can make sure that you have unlimited success.
0: So I, I, it's funny because I can see your passion coming out because I know something you're so adamant about. <laughs> so I see you starting to get you know, amped up and excited. And one of the things you said – you know, I was just uh, watching um, – Elon Musk was speaking – And they asked him about how do you make your brain remember things, right? How do you make your brain remember things? And one of the things he said, he said, you need to give relevance to whatever it is that you're trying to remember, whatever that relevance may be. And it it reminded me of what you just said, which is, I don't care if you make up your why because you have to give it relevance for you to start building habits and building plans. And the thing with you that I love is is 30, 60, 90. You're following their journey from day one all the way through that four, five, six months, because we know mindsets change very easily, especially in our industries, commission sales, uh, the real estate industry. Let's be serious. Right now, a lot of volatility going on in the market across the board for everybody. So if you don't have that right leadership, that right guidance to get you through it with that planning, it's going to be difficult for a lot of people to, to maneuver and get their ways through. So when we talk about relevance and we talk about adding some value to whatever it is that you're doing, you want that best individual to be the best person for themselves. How do you go about changing the habit specifically? If someone shows up late constantly, you're 45 days in how do you have that conversation how do you either a change the habit or how do you have that tough conversation why are you able to have it versus those that aren't setting expectations for people coming on board why does it make it easier for you to have those conversations
1: it's transparency right if you come on board and you just assume that i know that you should use google you should use google chrome as an example mm-hmm. and i just assume that you should know it like that's on me that's not on you you don't know what you don't know So it's on me as a good leader to make sure here's the expectations. We have um, a contract you sign when you start the team. We have a, it used to be 10 things to be on our team. We recently changed it to 10 promises of being on our team. That now you sign at the bottom, of the, the the sign at the bottom of the form. Okay, so you, these are our ten, these are your ten promises to us. That this is what you're going to do day in and day out. So if you don't do it, it's very simple. You either do what you say you're going to do or you're not. Okay, and so setting the expectations and creating clarity, I think, is one of the hardest things for a leader, especially a young, newer leader, because it doesn't. It's not something that comes natural. Usually, leaders are people that want more for others, and so. You show up just assuming they necessarily want that or you're communicating. I want the most for you. I want to put everything. I want something for you. That's broken. You have to want it for yourself. I can create transparency and honesty and clarity up front of this is what it will take. And if you want it, it will work. But where I'm trying to get to as a leader is understand that we've had a lot of this conversation. So being able to inspire compared to motivate. So I want to, I want to, I want to put the, I want to put the question on you. What is the difference between inspiration and motivation? I think
0: that's a really good question and I learned it a long time ago, but I I believe you can inspire people. I don't believe you can motivate people. All right. I think uh, motivation is very internal So you as a human being need to be, you know, a motivated human being. Now, I think you can come into the office. I can get you going. I can get you moving very quickly. I can get you amped up, very happy, excited to be here. But I know that flame is only so short-lived. Now, I can do that as many times as I need to get you going. But at the end of the day, your internal motivation is going to outweigh that daily inspiration that I give you. That's a good quote, right? Your internal motivation is going to outweigh my daily inspiration. And once you get to that place where you're just so internally motivated, that, that fire that makes you lit, why you're here so early, why I'm here so early, while we're grinding, why we have these habits, that's when you take people to that that next level. Um, I want to talk about your journey, because I think people now are hearing your passion, but they don't know how you got there. And you talked to me about, uh, I believe, Xerox, right? And uh, I think this this actual complex that we're in, you know, in these areas, you were selling Xerox. but. Walk me through how you took what you learned at Xerox and being the top salesperson over there and then move that into real estate. That's what people don't understand is you went from from Xerox to real estate, but you found a way to not not mesh the two, but you you learned moral compass. You learned what it took, the effort, the success, the drive, regardless of what it is that you're doing. And I think that's such an incredible story, so I'd like to touch base on that a little bit.
1: When you add a couple zeros to a check... No, I'm kidding. So so, um, I always wanted to run my own business but i didn't know the path to that and growing up whatever you call it the 90s maybe i graduated high school in 2007 okay so 90s early 2000s like in today's world I i don't know if i'm so bullish on college but the path for me was always like you need to go to college okay and um I was like all right whatever i want to be a business person so i will go to business school that's all that i knew i was golfing at the time i golfed a little bit in college i ended up graduating from western michigan and along the way they're like well what type of business do you want to do like the college professors i was like there's types (laughs) like i don't know i just want to like my parents own businesses i just wanted to run a business one day and so through undergrad i realized i really liked marketing a lot to me, it made the most sense. I think I had some really good professors. You know, I'm not like I'm good with numbers, but I don't want to sit and crunch spreadsheets all day. So, like accounting or finance wasn't necessarily my my path. It was more like marketing is cool. This is where sales happen. Okay, you create something, um, the marketing world was changing pretty drastically. Smartphones were just kind of like hitting mainstream. Mm-hmm. And so the marketing world was changing pretty drastically. And I was like, marketing's where it's at. I want to do marketing. Sure enough, I graduated with a marketing and advertising degree and finding a marketing. Marketing job at the time was difficult, so I was doing my interviews. I was, you know, wanted to move into the business world, and and uh, I interviewed with the company Michigan Office Solutions. They're a local Xerox company, and they felt very professional. Um, the biggest piece, and this is like a very interesting decision for me, is at the time in my life, um, it scared the shit out of me. So this was an outside sales role. This was knocking on doors. This was at first actually had me as inside sales. I made a hundred cold calls a day saying, hey, I need to talk to your person who sells or who purchases your technology. Or I need to talk to John because he's the IT manager. Or, I need to talk to Joe, the CFO. And it scared the shit out of me. But I realized at the time, there's been certain times in my life where you should run towards things that scare you. That's where growth happens. So redefine the way that you live is truly running towards things that scare you so you can create growth um, I needed to learn business acumen. I needed to learn how to talk to adults. I needed to learn a lot of things that I didn't necessarily have at a 22-year-old, 23-year-old man in the society and that had necessarily given me. Like my parents gave me a lot. Don't get me wrong. So I was above, you know, above the curve compared to some people. But that being said, um, so so I went to Xerox and I it was a grind. And I never I was there for six years. If you would have told me my first day that I would have been there for six years, my dad telling the story is so funny. He's like, he's not going to last six months doing that shit because it's a grind and. And there's a lot to learn, but I didn't realize that it's a very, very heavily recruited position. Xerox sales—you tie in software, document management systems with um, your actual hardware, so your copiers, your printers—and it actually touches every portion of most organizations the way the documents flow within your organization. Okay, so it's a very convoluted, complex sales. People from the CEO, CFO to the you know Susie in accounting at big organizations care about their document workflow. So it taught me a very consultative sale. It taught me um, sales acumen. It taught me like, here's an old school. This is like we had a BlackBerry when I first started, didn't have a smartphone, but like (laughs) the pink here's a phone and a blackberry and like go start knocking on some doors okay and so anyway i did that for six years i became one of the top uh, people at the company went on all sorts of trips and stuff like that and i got heavily recruited um for different jobs and the path was going to be medical devices Um, i interviewed with eight or nine companies i turned down a lot of jobs everything it was like more money than i ever dreamed of okay but it just didn't feel right i was like these jobs are insane. The salary, the bonus, the like opportunities insane. I knew people that had a lot of success. They were working decent hours, but not crazy hours. And I was like, you know, this, this is my path, but it never felt right. I never pulled the trigger on a job. And so um, a friend of mine, Eric Wright convinced me to get my real estate license. Um, He had his license and was doing some fun stuff with marketing. And I looked at the business and I looked at, okay, there's, there's three things. One is a very, very dated industry. Um, Two is my sales acumen will go really far away. But three is I can finally kind of scratch the marketing itch that I've been looking for. And I think most importantly, finding your why, finding why you do what you do is money was not a motivator for me or else I'd be selling medical devices today it didn't motivate me, but finding something like where I can be a fabric within the community. I can, it didn't feel like shoving product on someone's throat. I can help someone on this journey. I can use my network. I can use my sphere of influence. I can help people within the fabric of Southeast Michigan, which I deeply care about. I'm from this area. I have tons of friends and family that I absolutely adore here. I can help these people out. I can scratch my marketing itch, which I really, really enjoy. And I can use my sales acumen. So for me, it was a no brainer. I quit my job. I had like, I had to put, I started, my business with credit card debt, you know, running ads on Facebook, hoping that it would work and just knowing and trusting that this is what I wanted to do. And so then I just made this decision that this is what I was going to do with my life. And that's a decision you have to make that I think a lot of people, um, I relate to young males more than anyone, but I think specifically a lot of young males around the age of 30, they're very lost they think like they wanted to be. A, I'm sure. I'm sure females feel the same. I don't know what it's like to be a female, but so I'm sure they feel the same. But I think like, a lot of males they wanted to be a doctor. They wanted to be a freaking golfer or a basketball player or whatever, and that didn't work out. And so now they're like, well, I don't play basketball anymore, so you know, whatever life's over. And I don't, I think there's a decision. You have to pick something for me. Real estate was a good fit, but I don't care what it is. Pick something and stick to it and grind through the BS and decide this is where I'm going to be and create that plan. And that's how you'll have success.
0: I, uh, so you got me hyped up, you know, or I, I, I assume we're probably 20, 25 minutes into this. And the more the conversation unravels, the more people are starting, you know, I want them to get to understand you. And the not the not the craziness around what goes on into like building something special like you've been able to build, but it, it is partly that you know the the thing that always gets me doing this for ten years. We're, we're commission sales, so we do start at zero every month, and people are always like, "Dude, like you don't even know your page." I'm like, I I do know where it's coming from at this point, just because I've been doing it for so long. But we've built our brains to kind of deal with that that anxiety, to deal with that commission sales, to deal with that stress. And the part I love about you the the most is just your transparency, but your honesty about your process and your journey. I also think that it's incredibly, I think you don't think about it too much, but the fact that you went from something comfortable, learning how to do it, do it all right with the Xerox and the sales and being that top professional. And you said, nah, screw that. Let me go do real estate. Right. (laughs) You just said, screw everything else. I'm ready to do this. And I think that has a lot to do with confidence, which is what I want to talk about. How do you build that confidence. I know the planning. I know the consistency. We know once you see the results, right, you start to get a little different swagger in your step. Okay. We got, you start to, to look better. You start to feel better. You start to take care of yourself more. That confidence starts to really kick in. And I think that takes so much time to build, especially in like the business sector when you're doing it yourself and you're learning by yourself. And there was avenues, like you said, you were just not comfortable with at the time. You were kind of making yourself uncomfortable. Not everybody has that. So, How do you build that confidence and how do you maintain that confidence, especially right now right when things are kind of, uh, I'm not going to say down, but they are right? respectfully show across the country with real estate sales and mortgages. It is what it is. We've gone through these cycles before, but how do you build the confidence and then how do you take your team and what they're throwing at you in that stress and turn it around so they can follow a confident leader and they know the path that they're headed down?
1: Where I want to be and what I'm thinking about is me in 10 years. I'm thinking about me in 20 years. I'm thinking about you have to get to a point in your life where when you die, what are people going to think about you? What, are, what did you leave? Did you make the world better or did you just survive? And so for me, the confidence comes in when, when you create that long-term vision. So um, our team values long-term goal over short-term results is one of our core values. That's huge for me. Our team values the long-term goal over, over short-term term results. results. Okay, we talk about it every day. We repeat it. We're required to memorize it within two weeks of starting my, my team. There's six There's six total, there's five others, but that's a, that's one of the biggest ones for me. And that that's having vision. Because if you don't have vision of where you want to be, then you can't get over the day-to-day. You can't get over the, okay, your interest rate's just doubled. So for your team, all of a sudden, their, their job literally got twice as hard in the last few months. And if it's short-term money or short-term fix, you can't get over it. You, you really can't. But if the mission is... I want this home for my family. I want to plan a wedding. I want to take care of my parents in perpetuity. I want to not only do all those things, but have a vacation house, donate $15,000 a month. And I wanted to get to the point where maybe I can write $100,000 checks one day to organizations in which I believe in. Then, today doesn't matter it's just part of the journey, it's just part of the path. Yes, you're at the part of the hike where you have to figure out your way around because the river switched ways and you're you you know you're trying to get to the top of the mountain, but you gotta, so it's not a big deal because you're still gonna get to the top of the mountain. And so that vision to me is the only way to truly navigate through that and create that confidence because it doesn't matter, you become, there's like the hero's journey or whatever, but you beco- you, you need to become somewhat the hero in your own book. And that creates confidence in that it's not easy. It's hard. And I'm not always confident. Sometimes I got to make that that leap of faith. And sometimes I go into things nervous and sometimes. But it's okay because when it's all said and done, I know it ties into the bigger picture. And until you can zoom out right and not be so caught up in the micro and look at the macro situation the macro beliefs focus on what you have accomplished focus on how far you've came then it's easier to get through um that little bit of uh, turbulence and that little bit of, of trial and tribulation to have that confidence to do so
0: i mean that was uh that was amazing um I don't think people understand that you know that journey and their story and being the hero of your story, where every day your decisions and we we joked about it before the podcast started, but like even even questioning why you're going out, right? And we you know we made a joke about it, but e- even you subconsciously, your brain is so now built into these habits that um, I won't I won't share your beans, but uh, you know if you're if you go out or maybe you have a couple too many cocktails. You think about the next day. like That's the kind of anxiety we have as, as human beings. And listen, for, for those of you that are, are going to tune in or listen to this, whatever it might be, this is our first one, but the whole concept, the whole idea behind what we're doing is reasons for you to start your day earlier, to plan earlier. Now, I understand there are some professions that work the midnight shift. So if your day is supposed to start at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, my my challenge to you is are you getting up at noon, right? And for those that start their day at 7 are you getting up at 5? Can you wake up at 4? Can you do it sooner? Can you plan more? Can you take the day by the horns and move yourself forward? That's what this is going to be about, having conversations like this to get your brain stimulated and working. And that's what you're doing for us right now, right? My brain's already firing off. It's not even 7 a.m. And I'm already going, you know, and I, I really enjoy that that whole atmosphere, that whole fact. And, and the last thing I want to leave us with before I get us out of here is be the hero to your story. Be the hero to your story. That hits home to me more than you could possibly imagine. So I want to ask you this one question. If you were to start all over again and you didn't have anything at all that you have today, okay, where would you start to wake up earlier? Where would you start to learn how to plan more? Where does your mind go if you were to do this all over again for those that are tuning in at home?
1: I mean, you know, obviously in retrospective, if I could go back in time, I would slap the shit out of myself. I mean, it, it's that simple because there's there's, there's there's, times, again, that's where growth becomes. Matthew McConaughey has the, the, the talk about his, he talks about, you know, who his hero is. And he talks about, it's in a speech, he hasn't won this award or whatever. And, and his hero is him in 10 years. And so, of course, if I could go back 10 years or 20 years and, and change who I was, I would do it as soon as I possibly could. I was lucky to have good upbringing and and, you know, I, I learned some of the stuff. I was into golf as a kid. So like I got like I loved getting up and I went to work with dad and I went and worked on my golf game. Like that was like that was my life and I and I always enjoyed it. So I always kind of you know wanted to be doing something. But again, if I could go back and change it, I would create these habits earlier. And that takes discipline, and I'm not saying it's going to be easy because it's not fucking easy, but I'm saying it's going to be worth it. And it's that simple. You either do things that are hard that will be worth it in the long term, the elephant and the rider. You're either you're either, you either know getting that elephant in the right direction where your subconscious and the world is the whole universe is aligned with where you want to go, or you're going to fight that elephant for the rest of your life.
0: Listen, I'm going to leave us right there. I think that was special. That was amazing. I appreciate the hell out of you for coming in. This is the Early Birds Podcast. I hope your day is an amazing one. I hope you at least took one thing away from this podcast today. I feel amazing. It's not even 7 o'clock in the morning. We are incredibly appreciative. Thank you, Matt Talbot from the Talbot team for dropping your knowledge and your wisdom. And just remember, guys, one thing, only if you are to remember anything, it's you are the hero to your own story. So write it every single day. Have an incredible, fantastic day. Take care, guys. Thanks, man.